Hey team, welcome to the Changemaker Career Series. In this series of podcasts, I interview interesting people who are leading impactful lives and ask them about how they did it. This podcast is for self-motivated people who care about social impact. I'm Chris Danilo, and I'm your host. I spent my career focused on the intersection between brain development, education, and technology. I've run a neuroscience lab, I've consulted with education technology companies, and for the last three years, I've been touring the country producing massive Lego and Minecraft events for kids. On this episode, we talk with Chad Littlefield, who started a company that helps big companies like Crayola and JetBlue build their culture through meaningful conversations. In this interview, we talk about how much time we both waste on YouTube, what a dream job actually looks like, and how to handle being overwhelmed. Let's do this. Okay, I have Chad Littlefield here with me, who is an awesome person and also a friend of mine. Um, but I don't, I'm not going to do a full intro. I'm going to let Chad do a little intro. Chad, um, hey, hi, how are you? And um, could you tell me like quick two minutes about you and like what you're working on and kind of like, a summary ho- overview highlight reel of like how you were how you're how you got there yeah uh hi hello how are hey. you as well chris nice to be with you um so i exist on the planet to gently eradicate small talk and create conversations that matter and that language wasn't clear to me until uh, a couple years ago but for the last seven years um, I've been figuring out and stumbling and I think now learning and getting a little bit of a flow, um, running a company slash practice uh, called We and Me and uh, um, a little bit less intense language of, of what I'm doing. I uh, help people make connection and engagement easy. So right now in the time that we're recording in this current pandemic land, I help people have not terrible, boring Zoom meetings and spark mm-hmm. really uh, meaningful connection and engagement with each other. And so as a part of doing that, I've created a couple deck of decks of cards and collaborated with some others to um, write two books. The cards are called We Connect Cards and We Engage Cards. And that worked on a book with my co-founder, Will Wise, called Ask Powerful Questions, Create Conversations That Matter. Um, and then another little mini itty bitty pocket guide uh, to facilitating human connections, which is leans on my background experience in um, experiential education and making learning really engaging rather than really like consumption oriented uh, one way. So the way, the very short version of, uh, or very snapshot version of how I ended up here is I wanted to be Patch Adams when I was like half the height that I am now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> saw the movie with Robin Williams and I was like, oh, wow, like I'm going to be Robin Williams. Um, and then I took a chemistry class in college and was like, oh, oh poop, this is not going to work out. Um, but I was, I, yeah, I was just enamored with the way that in the movie anyway, like he was able to heal people through human connection. And I was like, is that just a movie or is that is like, tell me more about that. And let's, can we dig into the, the science behind that? And is there data that actually support um, that connection with, uh, people like creates better outcomes, better performance uh, on teams, like higher life satisfaction, etc. Right. And also, what is connection? That's a big word, and so breaking right. it down. So um, that's what I do. I spend all my time thinking about that. There's a lot of big things in there. So I also have to say, like, 
the to like kind of step back two seconds um the cards and the and the the, the guidebook like the manual there's a couple things that you've built that i use all i don't even know if you know this but i use all the time i have your cards right here on my desk like I, you know what i mean like so some of the stuff that you've produced like has means a lot to me because i use it as part of my toolkit like i am equipped with it all the time and i resonate with a lot of it because you know my background's more in the neuroscience area and like child development and so some of the models that you're using for learning and like experiences are like parallel to that universe you go through a couple things in there um, some of it's like related to carl Jung and like his work and so i like if i got these learning uh learning model like all, all those things that i like i'm just like oh my gosh like this is so useful and one of my favorite parts of, of useful things is the application of it right there's the, the stuff that we know and then there's the doing of the stuff um and that that was that was so cool because when i discovered um these these things that you built these tools that you built i was just coming out of um my kind of like academic neuroscience world and getting into the private sector and like tech startups and like businesses and like how do you build something that people use? and so transferring from this this model of like when we you know uh knowing things to doing things right mm -hmm. like in really basic terms and you had that like just nailed really well so now that i've kind of talked for two seconds about like some of my favorite things about what you're doing what is what are your favorite things about what you're working on Ooh. um I think it's probably, so actually just before we started recording this, I was on a call with Crayola, a bunch of, a handful of people at Crayola that I'm helping um, coach and, and helping them design some of their uh, meetings to be more impactful and engaging. So we're going through this. They've got like a five day meeting with their team. It's all going to be virtual. And they're like this, when I look at this agenda, like I'm leading it. And when I look at this agenda, I get bored. Like, how can we make this better and more interesting? Wow, and so I think yeah. the thing that I love is getting like really applied. Like, even though I like thinking about like neuroscience and how our brain works and, and data and the evidence that supports, uh, you know, creating connection engagement at a 30,000 foot level. I think the part that I love about it most is getting down to like a thousand feet or even 10 feet to be like, say this right before you go into this 45 minute presentation. And I guarantee you that people will be way more likely to like engage with the material and retain it and uh, keep it right. top of mind, et cetera, and make use of it. So I think that like, I love the, to answer that more simply, I love the spectrum of like being able yeah. to be high level, but also going to practice. Somebody yeah. uh, offered to me once the, the thought that like an expert is somebody who knows something and a thought leader is somebody who's known for knowing something. And I would add to that somebody who's known for knowing something and who does something with it. Um, and so that, right. that action piece of like, yeah, research is interesting. And, but, and it's part of the reason that when I was in um, undergrad, one of my mentors was like, hey, have you thought about going to grad school? And I was like, yeah, I thought about it. And I can't wait to not go to grad school. Um, <laughs> And you know, like I just didn't have the the patience to get a PhD, yeah. and yeah. Anyway, right. I I remember I made a similar decision. Yes. <laughs> While I was running a lab, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to commit to this. This feels like a lot of pain, and I don't even know if I want it right now. So, um, tell me, like, so okay, cool. I, it's also nice to know that companies like Crayola are like, oh my God, we don't know how to be creative in a meeting, right? Like there's a company that you would think is like, has that down, right? Like they build colors. 
to teach kids how to be creative. And then, then they're coming in. So like, that's kind of cool in its own, its own self. Um, uh, what is something that you wish more people knew about you? Hmm. Um, I th- that's a beautiful question. Especially because I that's like a raving endorsement much. coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, one of the exercises I'll begin with um, with groups sometimes is like filling in the sentence. You can even do this at the, at your, the beginning of your next Zoom meeting. Like, if you feel just fill in this blank. If you really knew me, you would know dot 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 and fill in that sentence. Like, type it yeah. in the chat, go around. Yeah. So. Yeah. So for me, I think it is um, if you really knew me, you would know that uh, like the energy, like when I show up in a room, even right now, like who I'm being in the space, mm-hmm. um, like I actually wake up at 5 a.m. with that much energy, much to my wife's demise, not demise. Uh, that's really harsh. Much to my wife's uh, disgruntledness. Um <laughs> Like she calls me rompy in the morning. So like I, I wake up with a ton of energy and uh, I think I, and the reason that that is, I do feel like I've like spun the compass around enough times and have landed on like the reason I was able to start this conversation with like, I exist on this planet to gently eradicate small talk. Like I feel a lot of conviction around that. And it's not just like a thing that I put on at work. Like I actually care about that. And it, 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 yeah. it is like this fuel source for me. And yeah. I think sometimes uh, you know, after all, every single speaking engagement or anything, somebody comes up to me and says some version of like, oh, Chad, I just really like, I, I really loved your energy or whatever. And it used to drive me insane. So I was like, what yeah. is that? And what do I yeah. do with that information? Right. Um, but I've since learned like, oh no, that's actually a, a part of who I am that I don't even know that I have all that much choice in changing that I, I want to like lean on and amplify and bring out. And it's not a like, it's not a mask. Like sure. There are other areas in my life where I put on like masks or something. Um, so I bet energy is not one of them. There you go. Yeah. I can resonate with that. It drives my partner nuts. <laughs> I know that up. quite a bit about you. I'm it's one up. of the, that's one of the reasons I was super pumped to jump into this conversation with you. <laughs> Good. Well, hopefully we don't take it off the rails too hard with too much energy and we keep it like comprehensive. Um, but you're getting into a, 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 one of my next questions, which is like some of those things you're saying, like waking up with energy, loving the stuff that you do, like some of those symptoms look like symptoms of having a dream job, right? It's like when you go through those checkpoints, I think people listening are probably thinking like, wow, he must love all the stuff that he's doing. He must have his dream job which is a word that i think like at some point maybe i'll like write a blog post about this specific thing and like outline what i think it means i think i've written about it a couple times but i would love to ask you like is this your dream job and i'm gonna not define it is this your dream job and how did you get here no i would be a scuba diving instructor in the bahamas um As a, as a dream job. And I don't mean that I actually grew up scuba diving. And if I, if I were to choose a different job, um, I, I might do something like that. Um, there is a way that this absolutely is my dream job that in some ways I've like chosen and created. And in other ways it was like not an option, um, necessarily. So like, sure. I've put a lot of energy and fuel into making this 
um, a, a dream job, which by the way, like the chances that you're going to go on monster.com, does monster even exist anymore? The chances uh, you're going to go on LinkedIn yeah. um, right. and, and find <laughs> yeah. like dream job and, and you find a job that like actually meets all the criteria that's ambiguous to you because you haven't actually spent time defining exactly even what your dream job is. The chance of you finding like an existing position that is your dream job, I think is like next to zero. And the only people that have that are like National Geographic photographers and everybody else, like everybody else has to like every once in a while deal with a spreadsheet or some crappy part of job. And one of my mentors, Rod, used to say like work is called work for a reason. And I do think like, yes, on the surface and the front of the scenes, my job might look like a dream job. There are also times that things are immensely frustrating and stressful and I'm working way too much and I should be working much less. I think it's one of the things I'm especially working on right now is finding that balance between like yeah. saying yes too much and taking too much on. And, and uh, yeah, there's now I will say like over the last seven years, I've learned to balance that. Like in the first three years, especially when you start your own thing, there's always an infinite list of unfinished tasks that you could do mm -hmm. and maybe even you feel yeah. like you should do and that used to really stress me out now i'm like eh, like 8500 emails in the inbox like it's five o'clock i'm gonna go hang out with my son and like right. shut that off eh, like ideally like I, I can do that better than i could have five right. years ago but there are still times where i like go downstairs for dinner and kate's like Knock, knock, hello, like, are you there? Like, are you even present right now? And so I, I think there's still a, a struggle, but, but I also, that might be a symptom of a dream job. The fact that like, mm. I think about it lots, not during work mm. hours. And I would, I would also say that there's a, let's just take a, pick a number out of the blue. I think 20% of my job is actually a hobby. And that maybe there's some mm. percentage of a dream job that should be, that should feel like, or could feel like a hobby. I would never anticipate you're going to find a hundred percent of a dream job that feels like, like I just want to work. Like I just want to go, like, go out into the shop and like right. work on my right. uh, dream right. job. But I, I think for me, twenty percent is like, oh, like how can I be creative in this and what can I create? And so recently, I just started like hmm. invested a ton of not only time but also money in um, building out uh, our YouTube channel and start putting out daily yeah. videos, um, which oh is like God. a freaking crazy undertaking. That's a huge, yeah. Yeah, but I'm super excited about it. Uh, yeah, right. I can tell. Yeah, I can tell the way you're, where you're talking about it. You're, yeah. It's a mountain, but you're psyched. Say it again? I can tell just by the way you're talking about it. Like, it's a mountain of work, but you're psyched about it. Yeah. And, and I think when you start... Um, your own thing too like you eventually can um invest in mountain builders and like people that can help you uh build such creation so like right. i couldn't imagine like there's no way that i can do that all by myself but there will be a, a team of people helping to um edit create and put out and format and create thumbnails and like do all of that stuff um so that 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 can happen I think it's like something I talk about with Kate a lot. And I think this relates maybe to dream job is Kate's very content. Uh, Kate's my wife. I am very content in the pursuit of more. And it's so like, I always want to like uncover, like turn over the next stone or like find out what's yeah. next. So there's this constant dissatisfaction that I have that I'm very content with. I'm very content right. with that pursuit of more. Whereas Kate's just like, I'm good right here. Like, 
And right. I, I think with a dream job, if you're like, if you totally are just content, you want nothing else, at least for me, like that's not a dream job, mm. but it might be for somebody else. I don't know. Like, so, okay. So there's, there's the dream job that contains a little shred of hobby, which to me just sounds like a thing you want to work on and you don't think about money. Right. That's yes. probably, if I had to define a hobby, it's probably close to that. Yep. And and then, not only do you not think about uh, money, you don't think about any impact whatsoever. Like, like a woodworker might just want to go out and like <laughs> build a chair. They're not like, oh, this chair is going to be so useful to sit on. They're just like, I'm, I want to spend three months building this chair. Maybe someone will sit on it, but I haven't even thought that far. Right. It's totally encompassed by the work, not the beginning or the end of any of the other stuff. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, also dream job also encompasses this like kind of painful part, like the work stuff that you don't want to do. Right. Which I don't think most people would define it that way. I think most people, if I say what, you know, what does your dream job look like? They would just go all ice cream and, and like topping. You know what I mean? Like there would be yeah. no problem about it. So that's an interesting approach. How and that's why you... people are sad. <laughs> I'm saying that, I'm saying that bluntly, but I, I do, I think yeah. Uh, like expectations are the root of so much disappointment. And so if you expect ice cream and you go to LinkedIn looking for ice cream and rainbows, and then your boss <laughs> sends you a spreadsheet you have to fill out with a bunch of technical information, you're like, what about the, I just want to vision. I just yeah. want to make a different, I just, no, yeah. like whatever, yeah. like do the spreadsheet, just get over it. Yeah. And then like 20% yeah. of your job is a hobby. <laughs> like you're getting paid one if if you find a dream job that's twenty percent of a hobby, you're getting paid yeah. in full one day a week to do something that you would do completely for free. And so I think mm -hmm. if like setting the bar at twenty percent and cool, like if you become a National Geographic photographer and eighty percent of your job is a hobby, awesome for you. You're going to be even more excited. But if you if you set it as like a hundred percent is going to be a, a dream job, like there's a hundred percent chance you're going to be real disappointed because I don't think that that exists. <laughs> What do you think the ratio is? So 20% hobby and then what, 80% just pain? How would you, how would you, what's your ratio? I, I, like, so, right, there's all this educational research that says like, if you set, if you set the bar high for a student, they'll meet that bar, right? So if you set right. it at 80%, like don't settle for, for less, yeah. which, you know, to some extent I agree with and maybe applies here. But at the same time, life is complex. So at the same time, expectation is the root of all disappointment. So if you set the bar too high, you're going to be disappointed. So yeah. I don't know. It, maybe it depends yeah. on like, is your dream job in the industry of accounting or wildlife <laughs> photography? Because if right. it's accounting, 8%, let's call it 8% as a hobby and 92% <laughs> is a job. If, right. it's, if it's wildlife photography, like maybe you should like keep looking around and see if you can get to 50, right. 60%, 70%. Right. But if you're, going to, if you're going to photograph wildlife for National Geographic, you need to get on a plane and you need to wait for 12 hours whilst the person next to you snores to get to the remote mountain that makes it look like your job is a dream job. Like all the behind the scenes stuff, I think, I think there's a significant portion of, and, and maybe I'm just thinking out loud right now. Let's mm -hmm. call it 20% um, hobby time, 10% or 15% like technical, like work thing, like admin, let's say 10 to 15% mm -hmm. admin. And the rest, just call it like transit time. Not literally like actually commuting or, or transit, but like call it, it's the time that you do stuff to get to that 
hobby time. And you know, like mm. you're, just, you're just traveling there. That traveling might look like filling out a spreadsheet, but, but you're yeah. getting to that, that end aim. Right, right. It's part of, no. the, part of the journey, which is different from uh, I, like, a, like a separate, so like I'm, I'm not really living my life right now. It's like this sort of separate category. Um, so that's a fun thing that I like talking about, which is the painful stuff and the difficult stuff. Um, can you talk about like a roadblock in your journey that you faced that was one of those roadblocks that you were just like, I have no idea how I'm going to get through, past, around, over, under. I have no idea how to approach this. I'm not equipped. Like, let's talk about a, a challenge that showed up that you were just like, I don't know how, but I have to do it. Yeah. Um, one is recurring and one is just a, a particular moment that, ha- that showed up very early on in my journey um, or in, in starting we and me. So the recurring one for me is overwhelm. Um, like I, when I feel like I have way too much to do and I'm starting to, I start to feel like I'm dropping balls and maybe even breaking promises that I've made to clients or other uh, people. I get super paralyzed and watch Netflix. And I think that a lot of the world connects <laughs> or resonates with that. And, and I don't know what yeah. Whoever's listening, like I don't know what your vice or addiction is, but like for me, my escape hatch is oh, I'm super overwhelmed. There's way too much to do. How can I do nothing? 17 right. YouTube videos later, I'm like, wow, I'm still really stressed and overwhelmed. And now right. I just feel like garbage about myself. Right. And so that is recurring. Now, the thing, the cool thing about it being recurring is like hindsight's 2020. So while I'm on YouTube video like 12, I can look at myself and say like, I know I'm in this moment and I know that it's temporary and at some point I won't be. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, and so I'm able to see that like that wave up and down, right. roller coaster up and down and just to recognize right. like I'm in a dip and I, from like from the last seven years, I know that sometime in the next seven to 10 days, I'm not gonna be in that dip and I'm gonna be creating and excited and energetic and whatever. Yeah. And so I've actually learned to just accept myself in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, but, but that was a roadblock that really prevented a lot of mm. creation and joy. Also the one moment was <laughs> in like the first three months of jumping out and starting something. I had this vision, uh, Kate and I took three months off and did this big cross country road trip. Um, and I had in mind, you know, it was mostly vacation, mostly uh, experience, but I also had this mind of like, I'm going to turn it into a speaking tour and I'm going to like tweet at people and talk to people like along the way. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be in your city. You want to meet up? You want to host me at your conference, whatever. And I uh, surprisingly like ended up booking a handful of things as we were going around, mostly unpaid. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was like full hobby. (laughs) One of them I showed up to and they had me, they let me set up a booth. And so I had had like an early version of the cards and a like sign made. It was like, mm. you ever seen the, the um, banner of Jeff Bezos in like a garage with a vinyl banner that has the Amazon logo behind him? Oh gosh, yeah. I know exactly I, what you're talking about. So yeah. this was, I, if I had a picture of this moment, I feel like it would be like I dressed up, I just looked like a goon. And there was somebody who came around to my booth, my little booth that uh, got set up. And he was like trying to figure out what I was doing. I, I was trying to figure out what I was doing, I think. And he, at the end of like me explaining this like super ambiguous kind of mush that I wasn't even sure how to fully articulate in that moment, he looked at me and he goes, 
wow, this is like the epitome of like that weird millennial thing where you want to like create impact, but I have no idea what you just said. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, like, dude. Oh, like to your face, just dude. flat out, no sugar coating. Yeah. Heart yeah. smash in that way. And that, that felt like that represented the little internal voice that had a, diff- a million different variations and more specific ways of what that one dude said in that moment. And mm. that felt like a roadblock of like, oh my God, like that was, that started to really question, like brought overt, like, what am I doing? Is this worth anything? Yeah. Like, do I even know what I'm doing? Am I going to figure yeah. out what I'm doing? Like just so much doubt and questions. And so that, that doubt was probably a roadblock that I maybe almost didn't get quite past. And then I realized like that dude doesn't matter. <laughs> because right that like that yeah wait me, a second now we, yeah go ahead. yeah, yeah re- rewind because of course he matters but in the context right to be more specific what that dude said doesn't matter i think this is an important thing um you know when you when you're creating anything whether it's within a job or within your own uh adventure or whatever i think the idea that when you get feedback it's not always but um, oftentimes more of a reflection of that person and where they are in their current life mm. than it is of who you are as a person or who your product is or, or the overarching like vision of your product or service or whatever you're uh, creating. And so I, that guy wasn't qualified to give me overarching feedback about my hopes and dreams, <laughs> but I let right. him, I let that feedback right. give me feedback about my hopes and dreams. So right. And so that's what, what he said in that moment was like, cool, that was a slice of his reality and I don't need to adopt it as part of my own in that moment. Hmm. I mean, I think everybody's thinking the same thing, which is, is he right? Was he right? No. <laughs> he wasn't right? <laughs> he was wrong. He was wrong. And I would love, yeah, I'd love to be able to have a conversation with him now too because he'd yeah. say, what do you do? And I, I would say, I exist on this planet to gently eradicate small talk and I work with organizations to make connection engagement easy. I would say, say that with conviction rather than like a shaky figuring it out mode. And so I think just recognizing like, yeah, when you're shaky and figuring it out, of course you're going to get some weird feedback and maybe some negative feedback. Um, But one of my uh, teachers always used to say, and you, Chris, I feel like emulate this in lots of ways. Maybe Mm. this podcast is an emulation of this but it's the idea that action precedes clarity. Like stop Mm. freaking trying to get clear on what you want to do or what your dream job is. Go do something. And when it sucks, don't do it again. Or like figure something else out. Yeah, totally, dude. I'm I'm just like resonating. I wrote um, this little piece on Medium somewhere uh, about unpopular, I forget what I called it, unpopular beliefs, seven unpopular beliefs. And one of them is say yes to everything. And there's this whole, you know, it's like say no to everything, say yes to everything. But the point was not like, the point was just about that, which is you just need to start doing stuff. And then this is one of the things I love about getting older, which is you get more data on yourself and you get more retrospection and context and you get to see like, oh, you know what? Doing that kind of work really, really sucks. It's going to cost way, it has to cost way more for me to do it that way. Or like now you have data to play with and understand how you, how you work, what gives you energy and what doesn't like doing something like this gives me energy. So I know that I should do it at a time of the day when I feel like I'm like not energized, you know what I mean? Or like I 
it's it's a good thing for me to do as opposed to um i don't know if i just wrote a blog post on this thing and it was really painful and i hated the process of writing a blog post on it um right so like i'm just choosing a different way um and i forgot there was something else i wanted to point at what you just said but i'm just going to keep going well there's i think that uh, so uh, one <laughs> this is i think conversation i think we get like especially when we're recording something we're like oh man like I, yeah. Last time, losing train right. of thought is a part of conversation, so that's good. Yeah, and a, a quick thing on the the yes or no's in that action. And this, I don't know that I've had this language for it before. It's part of the reason I like doing podcasts because, like, mm. you, when you're recording a conversation in service of others or doing anything in service of others, action precedes clarity, right? So even this yeah. conversation, what it's bringing up for me is forget about saying yes to everything or saying no to everything. Yeah. Make it the goal to rack up more yeses and nos because right. that means that you're asking someone to like opt in or opt out, make a decision or don't. And yeah. each decision, right? Each choice is like one little step forward. But if you're not racking up yeses or nos, then you're, you're just, you're, I, what are, you're I don't know. watching Netflix. Yeah. You're consuming. Yeah. You're not contributing. Yeah, right. See, this is, this is, that was one of the other things I wanted to say, which was I'm more evolved than you, Chad, because let me tell you why, because <laughs> when I sit, when I sit down and I watch YouTube, I lie to myself, I'll go find a, a video and I'll be like, I'm not wasting time. I'm learning how to make Cacho Efepe. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not wasting any time. I'm being really productive right now with this uh, brain space. Like I'm, I'm more advanced. Like my, the disease in my head is progressed. It's like metastasis. It's like, it is metastasized to this absurd thing where like, there's nothing I can do. I have, I'm so um, not in the same weight class as this thing that is firing off in my head. It tricks me. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, the, like obviously resonate. I think most of the world resonates with lying to yourself or like have, rationalizing, um, right. rationalizing yeah, what you know it. to be like unhealthy or, or bad behaviors. Right. But man, you know what, you know what I want to do in, in a conversation about like productivity and how to increase productivity. And, and when people are giving productivity tips is like, before yeah. you give me 15 productivity tips, screen share your YouTube and Netflix queue. Like sh show me what shows up, like show me what videos you're consuming or watching on a daily basis and pull up on your, if you've got an iPhone, pull up the screen time app and show me how much time you're spending mm -hmm. on each app. Then give me some productivity tips and ideas like after the vulnerability of like, right. yeah, we're all addicted to these devices and we ha all have some right. like distraction or pattern of, I don't know. Right. I think that'd be interesting. That I love that so much. Yeah. Cause if, um, you, if like you looked at mine, like I'm talking about like I stand here, like gently eradicate small talk and make connection easy. It's a bunch of videos of like Elon Musk and Tesla autopilot <laughs> updates. Cause I'm like, tell me more. When am I not going to have to drive a car? Like, to which is fine. Right? Like it's a good rabbit hole. Like it's, I'm not saying never, never watch videos outside your, your scope, but you're, well, you're also financially there. invested in the answer to that. What's that? Which you're also financially invested in the answer to that, which no one else on this is listening would know that, but no one knows that um, we have, Chad has a bet with one of our friends uh, about the timing of when uh, some of these um, self-driving cars will come to market and, you know, all these things. So but let, let know, this actually, uh, let this, let this be a format to call out. Uh, I've actually already, I should have already received my hundred dollar uh, reward <laughs> from Zach Zimler. 
Uh, and I haven't yet, uh, because we, the, the bet was that there would be a fully autonomous consumer available vehicle available <laughs> by 2019. And it's 2020, That's right. and I still have to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you're listening to this, please go tweet at Zach Zimbler and at Chad Littlefield um, and let them know that they need to, Zach needs to resolve this properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, too good. All right, dude, we don't have that much time left. Um, so I wanted to do like a really quick, and I think this will be fun for you, a really quick speed round. And you could give me one word one sentence answers that just shoot from the hip kind of a uh, uh, situation sound good yes okay wow. what skill would you matrix download instantly like somebody plugs this thing into the back of your head and you could tell them to upload whatever into your brain cctv footage from all over the planet. I would love to just be able to like absorb everything that's happening oh everywhere around the world instantly. I love that. Uh, okay, if you were abducted by aliens and taken away to another galaxy and they asked you to tell them about the human race, what would you tell them? We all wanna be seen and heard and we rarely are. What is the best, worst, or funniest job you've ever had? <laughs> I worked as a lifeguard on a state beach in Massachusetts where there was so much hazing that like veterans would actually tase rookies when you got into work, like, like pop out of a wall, like tase you to the ground, like with an actual <laughs> taser. Um, it was pretty unbelievable. So that was, that was the best, worst, and funniest job actually. All in one. That's also my most psychotic. I don't know. There's probably a bunch of other adjectives we could throw in there. But yeah. this is speed round, so we get to keep trugging through here. What is a unique or weird quirk that you have? Every time I shut off the water in the shower, I have a very specific pattern that I wipe the water droplets off of my skin. So I go like right arm, left arm, right leg, <laughs> left leg, back. And like make sure that I get as much water off without wasting all that moisture on a towel or like, well, you know, having the towel soak up too much moisture. Cause then the towel, it dries slower. It, you know, it's just, it's a mess. Yeah. You get water all over the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah, what, is, it, what, is it the water park? Okay. We're going to keep going. <laughs> um, 90 days from now, scientists discover the cure for aging. They discover the cure for aging, and it turns out that it's this really simple solution that actually anybody can make at home with the stuff that they have at home in 24 hours. What do you do? <laughs> Dude, that is such a far out question. I need to. This can't be a speed round question. It's totally I, not. I needed to receive this before, and I needed to write a 500 word <laughs> essay on it before I responded to that. <laughs> I did like a couple other interviews before this and like, it is not a speed round question. I need to fix it. Keep going. It is. You're on the hook. Um, assuming that it's a pill that I can opt out of at any point that I need to take daily in order to not age, I would start taking it right away and stop when I was ready to start aging. Hmm. Okay. Last one. If you could send a push notification to the entire world on their phone all at once, 
140 characters, whatever, what would it be? A question that my, one of my mentors asked me 15 minutes before I got married, which is, are you present? And then maybe the message after that would be, are you present because you really don't want to miss today? Can you imagine if for, can you, can you just real quick, like, and whatever, it's a push notification. So people would probably just mark it as red and move on. But if, <laughs> if the entire world for one day didn't engage in any escapist behaviors, can you imagine what would be created and what would happen on that day? It'd be insane. A lot of Netflix. A lot of, no, 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 did not engage in any escapist behaviors. There would well, be that, no- for me, for me, it's not escapist. For me, I'm learning. So for oh, me, oh, <laughs> I see. see. I twisted that. I see. Yeah, I twisted I see. that right up for myself. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh man, that's masterful procrastination right there. That's what that is. I should teach a class on procrastination. <laughs> that was fun. That was a good speed round. Wow! Thank you. And what is something that you wish I'd asked you uh, earlier in this conversation that you still want to talk about or that you want to share or uh, something that you feel like we missed here that people should know? I would love to talk about YouTube and this video platform way of sharing information because I just invested like literally just invested like I could have bought a house for what I invested to make this YouTube stuff, a small house, very small house, but a modest house in a, in a rural town, but uh, a tiny uh, house. Uh, yeah. Right. Tiny yeah, house. Yeah, the doll house. Houses, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. A doll. <laughs> <laughs> no, I invested a good chunk of uh, change enough that it made me nervous um, to invest in, to hire this YouTube production agency who has this whole like strategy and system around, you know, going back to experts know something, thought leaders are people who are known for knowing something. So uh, this process and this uh, system for sharing what you know in a format that actually gets discovered. And so having hired like multiple marketing agencies and explored like multiple avenues of sort of uh, getting out in the world, what we're doing, this is the most interesting. Now I'm at the beginning of this experiment, so I don't know how it'll work, Um, but the, the basic theory or premises, um, or this guy's strategy, his name's Nate Woodbury. And uh, he runs Be The Hero Studios. And he's got a whole team that uh, handles other than recording. Actually, he doesn't even have an option that handles recording. But other than recording, the actual Mm. like the talent and ideas and IP of content, um, his strategy is essentially this. Record daily YouTube videos. So five videos per week. Daily YouTube videos for one year. Oh, my God. Averaging 10 to 12 minutes in length each. However, the titles of the videos are based on actual things that people are searching on YouTube. So YouTube is the world's second largest search engine. Google is first. Google owns YouTube. And so um, he does all this keyword research related to our topic. So he types in team building, icebreakers, things that like maybe I wouldn't use, but people are actually using and searching for our stuff. So one I just recorded the other day was like how to make virtual meetings more fun. And so like 500 people a month are searching that exact phrase. So mm-hmm. not, not like mm-hmm. major topics. And then that exact, fra- yeah, that exact phrase, search yeah. 
becomes the title of my video and I build an entire video based on what I yeah. know um, yeah. to answer that question. And so I'm gonna be doing that every day. So 260 videos answering the questions that have regular monthly searches. And the idea is that you, um, one, that he's kind of cracked the YouTube algorithm that after four months, you see a major spike in traffic where YouTube starts suggesting and recommending your videos, which is how most like really high profile YouTube folks get uh, their videos, view get their views, yeah, right? It's not right. really from subscribers so much anymore. So I just, right. I think it's a really intriguing way for somebody who cares a lot about something in the world. Not, and no, the agency, like the reason I'm paying them is one for the keyword research, but also I record raw footage, send it off and they like take it, Make chop it, it up, add animations, yeah. add an intro, outro, description, yep. upload it to YouTube, create, like do everything. Yep. Um, but I just think for somebody who's even, you know, just thinking about like the impact that they want to make, what a cool way to like let action precede clarity to like get the free trial of like SEM rush, which is the yeah. keyword research tool that he uses, yep. search your topics and come up with like a handful of videos and like answer actual people's questions with yeah. what you know about a topic and like see what happens, see what goes on um, after you do that. So I think, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm jazzed up about it because I'm at the beginning of this experiment. I've recorded 10 out of 260 uh, videos. Oh my God. It's hard. It's like, it's like a, oh. um, an apple press on your brain. In some yeah. Ways. Yeah. Gee, dude, that is, a, that is an incredible amount of work. What are you most afraid of in this process? I think there's a part, even though like this is all I think about every day, like I, I'm afraid that I'll run out of really valuable things to yeah. share and to start yeah. to like repeat and become circular. But then at the same time, like I can think myself out of that pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I think I'm also afraid and concerned that, you know, so what, 10 minutes times 260, like that's a lot of me on the yeah. internet. And so, yeah. uh, you know, when you, when I created this card deck, the amount of feedback, like every month or so, someone will chime in like, Hey, why aren't the, why isn't there blank, 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 or some like form of feedback that I'm like, if you're a custodian or janitor, no one gives you, no one gives a like feedback about what you're doing. No one, mm -hmm. no one says like, Oh, I don't like, I like, or dislike this. But when you create something and you like go to be an entrepreneur, like everyone has an opinion all of a sudden yeah. about what you're yeah. doing. And so, 260 things for people to have an opinion yeah. and form a thought about is just a lot. And so, yeah. uh, and especially because of the quantity of this little formula, yeah. I'm concerned about like making sure that quality stays really, really high. Right. Which I know it's going to be, I know that I am absolutely sacrificing a bit of quality. So like there's going to be videos that like have yeah. typos and animations and like, I'm not going right. to go back and fix them and like fine yeah. done yeah. is better than perfect. But that, that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. I'm psyched, man. I can't where, so I, that's actually another good question, which is where do I go and other people who want to go, go. Heaps and mountains of free stuff, digital version of the cards we talked about an excerpt of the book, um, all at www.weand.me slash ideas. So W E A N D dot me slash ideas and there's a whole bunch of free stuff about how to make connection and engagement easy what's your youtube is your youtube channel on there we and me right now is the okay. uh, youtube channel so you just search, just search for the channel we, we and me, me or search chad littlefield we and me um okay. on youtube and it'll come up
the first one at the time of recording, the first one hasn't been published, but probably like October 1st, 2020, we're going to launch and then and start then, the train. Yeah. And then the, the engine doesn't oh, stop running. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm psyched for you. Uh, it, it sounds like a journey. I know what it feels like to write a blog post every day and that takes me just a few minutes. So I can't, I mean, this is going to be cool to watch and maybe I'll hit you up after, after you're done with this and see what that felt like. Uh, it would be fun to circle back. I'm sure I'll have lots of thoughts and, and maybe some regrets and probably some learnings <laughs> and a heap of failures. I, knowing you, you will have all of those things and you will be so excited. To talk about it. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening, people. If you know somebody else in your life who needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. If you want more content like this, just head over to chrisdanilo.com and you'll know what to do. See you next time.